The Podcast Revolution Network is a collective of independent broadcasters banded together for mutual support, success, and to raise new voices to our platform. Our shows are made possible through listeners like you supporting our cause. For more information on supporting Podcast Revolution, please visit podrev.org. That's P-O-D-R-E-V dot org. Thank you. Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas. And this is episode number 245. Episode number 245. How you doing? How you doing? Hello, sass bastards. Hello. Folks, uh, thank you for everything else. Thank you for, for last week. It was, been a, it was a really, really good week. Um, apparently you weirdos really, really liked, uh, last week's episode and I want to thank you for that. And apparently, uh, some of my British sass bastards have been really, uh, spreading the word out there because I, I was like, what the hell is this? Because I, I went to check the stats and all of a sudden Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain, it was like a whole bunch of people from Great Britain, uh, started listening to the show and then, you know, going through the back catalog and, uh, you got a whole lot of shows to listen to guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they, they would listen to uh, last week's episode, which was which was episode number two forty four, obviously. And then I would see like you'd see a bunch of people from Great Britain listening to episode two forty four, right? It was like a whole bunch of Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain. It was like a whole stack of people from Great Britain. And then the next day, you would see two forty three, Great Britain, Great Britain, two forty forty two, Great Britain. And I was like, oh wow, they're working their way, their way backwards. So I appreciate that. Keep keep up the good work, my friends. Keep spreading the word over there. And uh, my American sass bastards, you've been spreading the word, but you need to spread it more because my British and Great Britain sass bastards are starting to spread the word fast. You don't want to get your ass kicked, do you? Of course not. So tell more people, damn it. And everybody else that's listening, the same thing to you. But thank you for the love all of you, all my worldwide assass bastards, thank you. Much love to you all. Uh, for those who are going to, uh, I, I just, just want to put, oh, 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 I forgot. I, I have an, another announcement to make. Maybe some of you know. Some of you do know, obviously, because some of you are following me on the social media. And some of you are just listening to this and don't follow on social media. You need to change that, you bastards. Uh, I'm all obviously on Stitcher Radio, because some of you are listening on Stitcher. Um, I'm on TuneIn Radio. I'm on iTunes, Google Play. I'm on that, and um, uh, what's it? That's what that. iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, um, and all of that stuff. But guess what? Drum roll! I am now on. I am now on iHeartRadio. Oh yeah! So if you're listening, if you listen to iHeartRadio, or if you're listening on iHeartRadio, because I now know for a fact a lot of you are also listening on iHeartRadio. I uh, thank you very much. I uh, spread the word, uh, you bastards. Um, you want to get started now? Of course we do. Fantastic. Let me ask you this, my friends. How long have you been on social media? I was thinking about it because I, 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 I was, it's one of those things where you, I was looking at one of those, uh, you know, you, you're on social media and you start looking at these things online. Well, this will do wonderful things with your Twitter account or your Facebook account. Add this and it'll give you these functions. And I don't ever add any of that crap because I don't even know what those, company, those com- companies are. 
But I did see one thing where it told me how long I had been on social media. And I remembered that it was June, I think, of 2009 when I started to become part of social media. It obviously existed before that, but I never really paid much attention to it because a lot of the stuff that I saw on there, I was just like everybody else who didn't really understand social media that well. They used it to gather information but didn't really dive into it. And when Twitter, when I saw Twitter for the first time, you know, Facebook I kind of understood because it was like, you know, you catch up with your family and friends and people you don't necessarily want to talk to on a daily basis, but you want to make sure they're cool. That's what Facebook was for. And that's basically still how I basically use it. But then I saw Twitter. And if you don't understand Twitter, when you come in from the outside, people that don't understand the culture of Twitter, what they see is a bunch of Two two medium length sentences, which is what 140 character is. Two medium length sentences, uh, and that's it. <laughs> or two short sentences, however you want to put it. Two quick short sentences, and that's what 140 characters are. And you have to figure out how to say a mil- a big concept in that short period of time. And a lot of people, when you're not used to Twitter, you don't know how to do it. Obviously, it's effortless for me now. But it, it was I was like, man, how am I going to get... There would be times that I would actually try to want to say something on, on, on in a tweet. And it would be four, six sentences, and I'd have to take this word out and move that word and take that word, okay? Well, that's the word four, but I'm going to put a four there, so that's two characters. And two, take out the two T-O, but I put a letter two and the number two in there, so that's characters. I'll take the punctuation out, and I move this over there, but I don't have to say that. That's inferred, and that's implied. And and I still had 200 characters. And it's really weird to understand the concept of it all. And I didn't. But I eventually did, and it became wonderful. And I'm mainly on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as well, but mainly on Twitter. And I understand them, and I'm part of the culture now, obviously. But what I started to think about was how interesting it was back when I started versus now seven, eight years later, right? See, when things went viral, when I started becoming part of social media, it was almost a little more organic than it is than it is now. You know, somebody would do something in good faith. Something cute would happen. Oh, that's cute. My cat's doing something. Let me take a picture of it. <laughs> I think my friends and family might like this. 80 zillion people saw it. How the hell that happened? People were genuinely surprised. You know, they were, they were shocked when they came back to their account three weeks later and realized 80 million people saw their video. They, they weren't sitting there every five seconds refreshing the page like people do now. And it was like social media has become basically kind of like what I always talked about, um, you know, uh, reality television being and what I think, uh, you know, like a, like a, I guess American Idol will be considered kind of reality television, right? Because they do that behind the scenes crap back when that show was on. And this is this is what I'm talking about. See, I used to watch American Idol, and I thought it was cute and funny, and I would watch it with my teenage uh, relatives because uh, if when that was on, that was the one time they would actually have the TV on and would shut the hell up. <laughs> without asking dopey-ass questions while I'm trying to enjoy a television program. And when people would come on and they were interesting characters, once again, just like in social media, they would come on in good faith and be interesting and quirky, and that's why we liked them so much. That's why we loved them so much. Interesting, quirky people. Interesting, genuinely. Reality television. 
People didn't understand the concept of somebody following them around 24 hours a day, seven days a week with a camera. That was a new concept at the time when that came out. Nobody understood what it was going to be like. There was no real frame of reference. The only thing people knew about a camera being around you all the time is when if, if, if a camera was following you around a few years and years ago, it wasn't because someone was trying to find out what your life was like or they were interested in you. It was either a documentary and you knew about it and you were really weird and effed up if a documentary crew was following you around or it was the dudes and ladies from 60 Minutes and they found out about your insurance scam and you better get in the car quick, cover your face with a file folder and say, stop filming me, I don't consent to this, call my lawyer, call my lawyer, and you peel off. But the problem is, just like with social media, all of a sudden, instead of being quirky, people started seeing, hey, they got a lot of hits. I like attention, too. I know what I'll do. I'm going to try to make my cat uh, juggle these apples. And they started doing stuff that was contrived and stupid. And then people would do, try to one-up each other. And then you see something that goes viral now. And it's now people trying to go viral, doing stuff to go viral. You watch American Idol, it's not quirky because somebody's actually quirky. It's because someone's trying to be quirky. They're coming in with an Uncle Sam hat with, a, with applesauce shooting out the side and a picture of Kim Kardashian's ass on the top because they want to get attention. Reality programming, people act like a-holes to each other because they figure if I'm the villain, then everyone's got to have give me attention and I'm going to be the one that gets all the attention and then I'm going to get all the money and it sucks and it's annoying and now when you look at politics it's kind of the same thing right I'm sure there's some people that go in there in good faith I want to help people but the second they get into the middle of that nasty ass system everybody is throwing mud at everybody and you come in there in a white suit and I got bad news for you my friend you come in there in your good clothes you think you're going to go in there and talk to people wear your good clothes and everybody's throwing mud and you're covered in mud and then you're going that that's it damn it you're throwing mud I'm going to throw mud and then you're just like the bastards let me tell you a little story Guy has a vicious, vicious dog, but he's had the dog since he was a puppy, and he's always maintained control of that animal. He gets a little out of hand, but he's got a chain around his neck, and he grows up with that chain around his neck, and the person who owns the dog feeds the dog, gives the dog water, takes the dog out, and the dog gets bigger and bigger, and his teeth get bigger, and his jaws get bigger, and he's bigger and stronger and muscular and tough and killer and destructors and killer and killer and killer. He's a big, giant, gigantic dog who, if he was let out, could kill and crush and destroy and kill and eat cars and, and burp up trees and all of that crap, but he's had that chain around his neck the whole time, and he tried his hardest when he was younger to break that chain, but now his mindset is, well, there's a chain around my neck, and this guy gives me a good place to live, and I get food whenever I need the food, and I got water, so I'm okay. But one day the guy who owns the dog and has a chain around the dog's neck gets mad at somebody. So angry at somebody that even though he's been mad before, he's never been this mad before. And the guy he's mad at is right in front of him. And he wants to use this opportunity to get back at that bastard. He's going to do something now he's never done before. He really hates that guy and wants to get that guy and kill him and crush him and destroy him and kill him and destroy him and kill him and double kill him and triple kill him and all of that crap. And what does he do? He unhooks the leash and says sick him and he sicks his big giant dog on that guy and the guy starts running away and the guy dies through his car window and the dog bites him on his leg and his foot and 
bites his leg and and the guy kicks the dog and and somehow the dog is even so big he can't even get in the thing inside the car but he's still biting <laughs> trying to bite bite the guy the guy gets his car keys out sticks it in there <laughs> pulls off and the dog's sitting there with a little bit of blood on his mouth looking at the, the, the guy and the dog tries to bite the car but the car gets away yeah the guy's laughing like ha, 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 ha. i hate that guy and now my dog bit him that's right that's what you get that's right come back here boy and the dog looks back like hmm that was kind of fun biting somebody i mean the person I just bit is just like the jackass that was holding that chain around my neck. And I now realize how strong I am. I mean, when I bit that guy, I almost knocked his car over. I bit him on the leg, and he was screaming and crying like a punk, and he drove away. And now the person who had the chain around my neck does not have the chain around my neck, and I now know what I can do. I know what kind of power I have. I know what I can do. Oh, yeah. So the owner of the dog comes around and tries to put the chain back on the dog's neck and the dog bites the owner on the hand and the owner pulls his hand back. Ow! And the dog looks up like, ha, 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 I can hurt him. Oh, I don't need that bastard anymore. I don't need him. I can eat him if I wanted to. I don't even have time to waste my time eating him. There's a whole lot of other people to eat. I don't got to waste my time with that punk. And he runs away. And the owner of the dog tries to catch the dog, but he can't catch the dog. It's a dog. Humans can't run as fast as dogs, especially not dogs as big and strong. And he pulls away. And now he's out there running around biting people or trying to bite people. He's uncontrollable. And the person that let him off the leash can't even control him anymore. In fact, he better not even try to control him. Because remember, the last time he, when he tried to put the leash back on, him he got his hand bit and now he knows he done effed up oh no i should have kept my leash on the bastard i should have just had him on a leash and scared people with him i should have never let him go i should have never let him go now why did i tell that story because that's what happens when you get somebody with some juice they don't even understand how powerful they are until you let them loose you let them loose and now you can't even control them. But you started off talking about social media. Then you went off talking about some damn dogs. What's the point, you bastard? The point is, <laughs> people didn't realize how powerful social media was until it was out of their control. You put something out on social media, you think you're controlling it, and then all of a sudden, bam, it turns into something else. You know, you take a picture of yourself with your ass out, wham, it ain't yours anymore. It's not yours anymore, right? You now know that you can't do that, right? There's people like, like I, there's certain things I won't put on the internet because I know once I put them on the internet, they're not mine anymore. The stuff you see is the stuff I want you to see, right? It's a monster that we had control over and it kind of it blew up into something that we can't control anymore. The social media, even though it's just a bunch of ones and zeros and servers, it's almost like it kind of became a self-aware type of machine and monster that we can't control anymore. But look what's happening to people now. You know, one celebrity or a politician can say something bad about a regular person and all of a sudden they're getting death threats. I'll come kill you, lady. How dare you say something against whatever, whatever. Well, you know, I know where you live, bitch. You bastard, I know where you live. <laughs> It's out of our control, man. And I think that's what's starting to happen to people now. 
with a certain politician that they thought they had control over or thought they could control. But now that the leash has been taken off, he's not just biting the people that he was aimed at. He's now starting to bite the hands of the people that thought they had him on the leash securely. Now he's running around biting everybody. And you kind of wish you kept the leash on the bastard, didn't you? You're kind of wishing you kept him in the backyard tied up where you can control him, you know? But you can't control him now, can you? Social media, angry dogs, politicians, different things when you look at them in the abstract. But are they really that different? Hmm? Something with the potential to have almost unlimited power for its circumstances. And if you don't control the bastard, it will turn around and bite the crap out of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying basically is, listen, we got to be a little more careful. What we put on social media, you know that somebody screenshots that crap. It's not yours anymore. You're putting people on these reality television programs and you think somebody's a nice guy or a nice gal. You give them all those eyes and the power of all those eyes. And I need more of those eyes. And then they turn into something completely different. They become this big a-hole. Why? Because I got these eyes on me now. You can't control that guy now. Before, honey, don't say that. But now he's on TV. And every time he says that, the ratings go up. And when the ratings go up, his power goes up. Oh, F you, honey. I'm getting a divorce. I'm going to Hollywood. Ha ha ha. Senator, whatever, president, whatever, congressman, whatever, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the job now. And incumbents win 80% of the time, jackass, which means most likely there's nothing you can do to me anyway. Besides, I'm getting a whole bunch of money from those jackasses over there. And how much did you contribute? Nothing but your vote. Yeah, you might want to sit down and shut up, punk. These are the lessons that nobody learns. <laughs> Even though the information is right in front of us, nobody learns that. So, all I would say is, just think about, th just think before you involve yourself with certain things in, in, in a way that's going to hurt you. You know, don't think I'm just going to aim that politician at those people. You give them that power, it's going to come back to you. Don't put stupid things online. And don't let the eyes on you give you a big head and make you do things you don't want to do or, or shouldn't do. Because you'll never see me doing that. Never. Save it over. Oh, you think they bought that bullshit? <laughs> well, you know, you got a good audience there. They're pretty nice people. You kidding me the second I become famous? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? I'm not. I'm, the second I get some money, I'm going to have tons of sex with no condoms. That's right. Knock up as many women as possible. I'll be rich and famous by then, and it won't matter what anybody thinks. I'll do what I want. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to snort coke off of hookers while I kick baby seals in the face. That's what I'm going to do for fun. Oh, that's going to be great. That's right. 
Oh, I can't. There's a whole bunch of baby seals I was looking at, and I'm going, I can't wait to kick you, buddy. Sitting there looking cute. People, oh, he's, oh, don't do that to the baby seals. I don't give a shit about any baby seals. I'm going to kick them because I can kick them. That's right. And then Dane, you know, I always used to pop a post online about how I can't stand when rich dudes and rich ladies go around killing endangered species, like shooting a lion and all of that crap. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to choke lions till they're almost dead, then revive them, and then choke them to almost to death again, then revive them, then almost choke them again, just for fun. You know, that's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get a list of endangered animals and then because I'm not a really bad guy. I don't want to kill the endangered species. I just want to choke them till they're almost dead, then revive them, then choke them again, then revive them, then choke them again. You know, it's going to be kind of weird because I'm going to keep doing it to the same animals and I'm going to show up and they're going to the animals are going to go. Oh, God, that's the human being that keeps choking us till we're almost dead, reviving us, then choking us and reviving us, then choking us again. That guy what kind of sick bastard pays that kind of money to choke us and revive us and choke us and revive us, then choke us and revive us again. I mean, this is disgusting. He's, 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 I don't know whether he's worse than the dude that kills people. I mean, not people, but kills other animals like us. You know, at least the lion, you shoot the lion and the lion's dead and he doesn't have any misery. You know, but me, I mean, I'm sitting there going, oh, God, look at this guy. He has, he actually has special gloves with, he, with an emblem on it that says, choke the baby seal. You know, and he has one glove. He's this guy's sick. One glove says, choke the baby seal. And he has an, on his other glove, revive the baby seal. And what does he do? He chokes us with one glove and then he revives us with the other glove by slapping the crap out of us. What kind of sick bastard is that? Coming in here, having a, spending all this, giving all the money to the people that co collected us. And he chokes us with one hand and revives us with the other one. Humans are bastards. Oh, here he comes. He comes as Anthony again. Uh, hi, Charles. Hi, it's Anthony. You're going to choke me and revive me, then choke me to revive me, then choke me to revive me again? You're damn right. <laughs> but this time, you know, because I've actually built up a relationship with you, I'm not going to choke you till you pass out. I'm just going to choke you, and then when your eyes start to roll up, I'm then I'm going to let go. That way I don't actually have to use my reviving hand, you know, because we have a relationship. That's still really, really uncomfortable. I really don't care. I paid my money to choke you, so, you know. Quite frankly, you might want to shut the hell up because if I go back and give him another couple grand, I'll actually get to kill you. <sighs> All right, here's my neck. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, baby seal. <laughs> up, 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 up. Almost killed you. <laughs> Smack. I'm back. Ah, revived. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just great. Oh, it's great. It's choking a baby seal, then reviving him, then choking him, then reviving him, then choking him, reviving him again. Uh, but I'm getting a little bored with that. You know, I mean, it's like, even I, even though I'm spending all of this great money to choke and revive, then choke and revive, then choke and revive these baby seals, I'm starting to feel guilty about it. So I'm not going to do it. You know, I mean, I'm starting to feel guilty about this whole thing. Because I was, I was online and I saw this thing where there's a country where they actually take dogs and, you know, tie them to strings and spin them around. And it's called dog spinning. And those people are sick. Those people are just, I can't believe it. I think they should be, that's just a disgusting tradition. 
you know, chokes, tying a cat, the dog up and spinning them and all of that crap. I'm not doing that crap. You don't never going to see me doing anything like that just because I have this unlimited power. I'm not doing anything like that. I, I'm the kind of person that's responsible with the way I treat animals. From now on, you know what, baby seals, no more choking and reviving, choking and reviving and choking and reviving you. From now on, I'm just going to come here and pet you and feed you. Really? That's right. Because you don't want to be choked and revived and choked and revived and choked and revived, do you? No, we don't. We would really prefer that you don't do that. From now on, I'm going to just come here and, 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 and spend some money and I'm going to pet you and hug you and feed you fish. Well, thank you. It's really great to not be choked. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, it makes choking you more fun. <laughs> Let me slap the crap out of you. Revive it. <laughs> that was horrible. I can't believe you got my hopes up. And then choked and revived and choked and revived and choked and revived me again. <laughs> Look at the sign over there. Read the sign, baby seal. For an extra $5,000, you can get the baby seal's hopes up and then choke and revive it and choke and revive and then choke and revive them. It's a new package. You'll love it, humans. You'll love it. Baby seal, oh, you're horrible. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Okay, I'm sorry. That, that was wrong. That, that, that's, that, that's horrible, baby seals. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. I, I should just respect you as another. I mean, you know, you're, you're really, a, a, when it comes down to it, you're really, really a cute animal. You know what I mean? I mean, we have dogs in our houses. If you were as small as a dog and could do the things that a dog could do, you know, you're just as cute as dogs in some ways. And we, could, we would actually, you know, domesticate you to the point where you could live uh, with us humans. You know, that would be great. And in fact, now that I'm an incredibly powerful man, I think that that's what I'm going to do. I feel bad about choking, reviving, and choking, reviving, and choking, reviving. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a pool in the back of my house, get some um, some fish, and I'm going to take you, and you pick a friend of yours, and I'm going to take you, pick a lady friend of yours, okay? And I'm going to take you guys to my house. You don't have to live in this cra crazy place and deal with all of this crap. I'm going to take you home with me, and then... You know, then you you can live a good life, you know, because, you know, and then you, you think about well, you have unlimited supply of fish. You have a great place. You know what I'm saying? If you want, I'll take the big screen TV. I turn it around to to face outside. You're going to watch the UFC fights. I don't know if you, if you baby seals like that crap, uh, but uh, but you could have that. So would that does that sound like something you'd like to do? As a matter of fact, it would. Thank you. <laughs> you really didn't see this coming, stupid. <laughs> I was just getting your hopes up again so I could choke your ass some more. <laughs> Let me slap the crap out of you to revive you. <laughs> oh, that was great, you dumb bastards. I'll see you next year, okay? <laughs> God, baby seals are stupid. <laughs> You're still recording this? I gotta be a little more careful when I keep forgetting the dumb bastard. I don't know when to stop the recording. Um, I just want to say, folks, that... Um, uh, what you just overheard did not actually happen. Um, you know, uh, everything after um, when I said segment over, when the segment was supposed to have ended, um, the part about that you just heard with me choking baby seals and then reviving them, then choking them and then reviving them and choking them and reviving them, <clears throat> that was all part of a comedy sketch. Uh, I, I'd I would never actually, you know, spend money to choke baby seals and then revive them, then choke them and revive them and choke them and revive them. You know that whole section of the of the segment where I was trying to get people to, you know, uh, 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 keep the power of social media and stuff like that, and politicians in check. That was the real me. You know, the part about me laughing about the baby seal choking. That that part was that's not me. That was a that that was a comedy sketch. And uh, but the, hey, uh, 
the, the, the place just called up and said they have some new baby seals for you to choke and revive and choke and revive and choke and revive because the baby seals that you were choking and reviving and choking and reviving and choking and reviving, um, well, they escaped because they knew you were going to come back and they said something about you being a disgusting human being and you sick bastard and they hope you, 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 should, you should be just... You should be taught a lesson for choking and reviving and choking and reviving and choking and reviving these baby seals. <laughs> He's just getting in on the comedy <laughs> because that, that that none of that actually happened. <clears throat> so uh, you know, I just uh, I, I actually like babies. I've never actually seen a baby seal in person, so I definitely could not have you know gone to a place designed specifically for me to. Um, choke and revive and then choke and revive and then choke and revive baby seals I, I, I would I wouldn't even need even know how to do that you don't know how to do it you started a whole craze it's actually called the S. Anthony Thomas baby seal choking reviving choking reviving choking reviving and choking reviving technique they literally named the technique on how to choke baby seals and revive them after you ah <laughs> oh, that's funny the fact that you would come up with that off of the cuff <laughs> I actually have a brochure here that says learn how to choke baby seals and revive them and choke them and revive them and choke them and revive them like podcaster S. Anthony Thomas. Oh, <laughs> oh God, you really don't know how to stop the jokes, right? <laughs> the fuck is wrong? <laughs> He's... <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you know, this comedy uh, 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 section is, is over. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> uh, in a segment for real this time, but I'll just you know, let you know that the, the stuff in the beginning of the, <clears throat> of the segment was, was it was real, but everything after um, the part about the seals was um, fake. So, um, you know, uh, uh, segment over. Folks, let me tell you this. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to get this the, the feeling that I don't think people actually know what a comedian actually does. I really don't think people know what we do. And and it's evidenced by what I see on TV. Whenever I see someone portraying a comedian on television, it's always the waka waka, hey, shucky, shucky, shucky guy. You know, like the comedian stereotype from the late 70s, early 80s. And no one really performs like that anymore. Even people who were prominent in that time period don't perform like that anymore. It's always some some dope that they have on television or, or, or someone portraying the comedians as a big dope. And, and and it's really weird because I know that I remember when I was a, when I was younger, I was hanging out with a friend of mine who was a musician and he was playing a song from someone. And the song, I wasn't, I didn't like the song that much. And I'm sitting there going, I could do that. Well, guess what? No, I couldn't. <laughs> I don't play any musical instruments, you know? And he just, he just kind of nodded and smiled. But I know there's got to be somewhere in his head going, I don't like that guy either. But trust me, you can't do that. And I realized that later what I had said. I, he, he, I didn't offend him in any way, but he was just kind of amused by the fact that I would say that he got the point that I was making. I was just basically saying that I didn't like that particular song by that particular person. But I do understand it more so now. Well, obviously, obviously now because I'm an older person. I'm 48 now. But back then, that was, that was when I was in my 20s. And um, it's really weird because I see, I was hanging out with some with some friends. And they were, a little older than me 
and they were talking about someone they grew up with. And they were telling stories about how this guy was recounting a story of something that happened on a television program that he watched. And he was telling them what he what the show was and he was acting out the parts and doing all this kind of crap. And they're going, you know, Bill could really be a comedian. I'm telling you, he could be a stand up comedian. I'm telling you, he could do it. He could do it. He could be better than comedians if he went out there. And I nodded and smiled the same way that my friend nodded and smiled when I talked about that song years ago. And the reason was, I got news for you. Bill may or may not be able to do it, but don't be so sure. Right? People always do jokes around the water cooler or they'll tell funny stories to their friends or they'll make their friends laugh at a bar and they think it's the same thing as being a professional comedian that has to travel around and do the job. And I'm telling you now, it's not. It looks easy because, well, we kind of want to make it look easy because you're having more fun if it looks easy. Right. If you actually watch the doctor and I'm not equating a comedian with a doctor, but what I'm saying is if you watch the doctor do their job in surgery, it looks kind of simple. Cut this, take that, sew this. But it took him years. It took her years. It took him years. It took her years to learn how to do it, just like it takes a comedian years to learn how to do it. I used to teach a comedy class a long time ago, and there was a bunch of people that came in and they were all the funny guy or gal around the water cooler, the funny guy at the gym, the funny person at the water cooler, the funny person, the funny person. And you would hear them, I could do that. It's not really that big of a deal. I'm pretty funny, right? Hey, Bill, am I funny? Yeah, you're funny. I remember that time I did an impression of June from the office. Oh, I'm June from the office. <laughs> <laughs> But it's different. First of all, the people you're telling the jokes to are not paying to see it. They're not paying. There's no real expectation, right? If you tell some funny stories at the water cooler that aren't funny, people just go, hey, and they go about their business and forget about it. It didn't cost them any money. It didn't cost them babysitting. They didn't have to pay for parking. They didn't buy the tickets two weeks in advance, a month in advance. No, their entire evening isn't based around the quality of your performance at the water cooler. No, and if you don't show up at the water cooler, no one cares. You know what it's like to stand on stage in front of three to 500 people that don't know who you are and they pay 25 bucks to get in and they and you're the entertainment for the evening and it's the first time you're at a club you're, you're it's your first time playing at this club so even though you already got the job via why them watching some tape or watching some disc or watching some privately listed uh youtube video where you're auditioned you really kind of, this is really your audition. And you're way away from home. You don't know anybody here. You know nobody. And the owner's going to get reports. You don't see the owner there because a lot of times the owner is, is not there. They'll get reports from the manager, from the waitresses, from the bar staff. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? There'll be cards on the table. Did you like that guy? These people don't know you. You can't do an impression of June from the office. They don't know June from the office. They don't know her. They don't know her. Oh, no. It's a little different. Also, 
There's six shows this weekend. You have to be able to reproduce that six times for people that don't know who the hell you are and you're not at home. And basically this entire, like I said, this entire weekend is your audition to whether or not you come back to the club. Because if you do three good shows and three bad shows, you ain't coming back. Four good shows and two bad shows, you're not coming back. Five bad shows and one good show, five good shows and one bad show, you ain't coming back. You got to do six solid shows. Oh, you're not coming back. Not the same as standing around the water cooler talking about how funny it is that Bill did not put the coffee cup back. That's I remember that time Bill didn't put the coffee cup back. Coffee cup. Not the same. <laughs> right? I remember saying this to somebody before. They they really didn't understand the concept of the fact that what I what was doing as a stand-up comic was a job. They just thought it was some kind of thing. I'm going. No, it's, it's, I know it's fun, but it's a job that I do. I mean, I, I have a responsibility, you know. And when I got to the point where I was headlining comedy clubs, I really had a responsibility because, you see, you may be able to get the MC to stretch a bit if the feature's not there and maybe throw a couple extra bucks to the headliner. So if the MC normally does 15, maybe they can do 20 and stretch it to 25. And then, yeah, the headliner does a few extra minutes and maybe you can swallow up some of what the person in the middle of the show, the 30-minute act, the feature, if you can maybe stretch a little bit on both of your parts to fill that out. But if the headliner's not there, if the headliner's not there, I don't think the MC in the middle will be able to stretch an extra hour and 10 minutes out so if I don't show up, guess what happens? There's a whole lot of pissed off people there. And that's what you got to do every week. And you better have a 99.9% success rate. And guess what? If you come back to the club enough times, you better have another hour and 10 because these people will remember it. Not the same thing as standing around the water cooler talking about how bad the bathroom smells, is it? I don't know about you, but I think Chuck was us in there. I'm telling you one thing. If Chuck goes in there, I wouldn't go in after him because I'm telling you right now, they had Subway sandwiches in the break room. And when Chuck has a Subway sandwich, don't go in the bathroom after Chuck. <laughs> You're a genius. Why don't you tell the Chuck makes the bathroom stink joke at the Chuckle Hut? Nobody want to hear that crap. <laughs> So like I said, when I taught the comedy class, man, there was so many people that came in. That's And the only reason I'm talking about this is because I put that tweet on, a tweet about how you should, like when people would go, Chuck, you're so funny, be a comic. Don't listen to those people. Those people are not comedians. Go talk to a professional comedian. And I would say, go try it out. Go give it a try. But don't think you're just going to slide right in there and become a Chris Rock all of a sudden. It's not going to happen. But it's funny how we watch other people do things and think we could do it better. Think we can do it better when we don't really understand how difficult it is. You know? Oh, look at that guy. Well, if I could make those free throws. Really? Really? You, you could make those free throws with two seconds left on the clock with the championship hanging in the balance. You, you could handle that pressure. Really? You're damn right. It's just free throws. It ain't like anybody's trying to block you. Let me ask you a question. Remember when that lady cut you off in traffic and you were early for work? And remember how we stopped off for a cup of coffee and you cursed for 45 minutes and your hand was shaking because you were so upset? Yeah. That was just driving, dude. 
You couldn't handle the pressure of someone pulling in front of you in traffic without your hand shaking. So you mean to tell me you're going to stand at the foul, the, the three free throw line with two seconds left on the clock, game tied, your legacy of your career on the line, whether or not you're going to be a winner or whether or not you're going to be one of those guys that could never, ever come through in the clutch. There's 20 million people watching you right now. There's 28,000 people in the stands. It's quiet. And you got to hit those two free throws. And your teammates are all standing there looking at you like got that pleading look in their eyes. Please, God, make these shots. We need this. The guys on the bench are looking at you. And they're all leaning forward. You're actually dribbling the ball faster than that, but that's how it sounds when it hits the ground. Or is that your heartbeat slowing down? Two seconds left on the clock. And now you got to make these two free throws. It's the difference between being a champion and basically having this entire year almost go for naught and you'll have to start over from scratch with virtually nothing to show for it. Shoot the ball. Well, that's kind of the same thing in a way, right? You're on stage. Nobody out there knows about June from an accounting always only having sweat stains in her left armpit that you know that joke. And now June always has only has armpit stains in her left. What is it? What's her? What are the sweat glands in her right armpit disappear? Huh? Yeah, that is funny. Huh? Well, they don't know her. And now you're on stage, and the MC did a great job, and the headliner has a special on Comedy Central, so you know she's gonna do good. Because let's be honest, they came to see her. This is your first time at this club. Oh, no. You barely got in. That's right. And they're all looking at you. 300 people looking at you. And you know the waitstaff is looking at you. And the bartender's looking at you. And the person in the sound booth is looking at you. Oh, yeah. Whoa, I was going to do a joke about June in the county, but I don't think any of these people know June in the county. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to slide on over to the bill, eat Subway and poops and makes the bathroom stinky material. I don't think they're going to like that either. I'm going to have to get rid of that. I don't think these people are going to like my impressions of people in the office finding out that the stapler doesn't work. I don't think they're going to like that. Hmm. I don't think they can relate to the I don't get the closest parking spot jokes because that because I they're not gonna that oh I'm gonna try I'm gonna try the subway joke Bill eats the subway and makes the bathroom stinky joke I gotta I gotta feel this crowd out because I mean I'm funny in the office I'm sure they're gonna laugh at hi guys how you guys doing tonight yeah all right let's hear for the MC. All right, and our headliner, Susie, person who's on Comedy Central, who actually has talent and who's going to be a great big star within three years. 
all right and now me i tell you guys how you guys doing yeah all right <laughs> boy i was in the my well, normally when i'm not here i work in an office and uh you know uh it's this guy named bill right and he's a real piece of crap you know what i mean speaking of crap Whenever he has a subway sandwich, he goes in the bathroom. I'm telling you one thing: you better not go on uh, go in the bathroom after him because he's in accounting, and you better not account on being able to have eyebrows when you go in there and come back out. <laughs> you better go back to your day, your damn day job. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, well, um, well, maybe you like this one. There's this lady in there named june right and she's, a, she's she's kind of a nice lady but here's the thing when it sweats in there she only has sweat coming out of her left armpit i mean what, what, what i mean what does she what does she um, and then, 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 then maybe she has a glandular problem you ever think of that you're making fun of somebody who may have a serious medical condition what the hell is wrong with you um, um, um. <laughs> And the funny thing, and the funny thing is, we now I now know for a fact I've I've seen that happen before. I've seen something that bad happen to a guy, and um, it was the one time I actually saw somebody using material that uh, <laughs> that from someone else, like stealing material from a famous person. And I didn't even want to bother calling him on. He was just trying to save his own ass. He immediately started rolling into Rodney Dangerfield jokes. He was smart enough to say no. He didn't say no respect at all. No respect. He didn't do the you know no respect at all. He didn't do that part. But he'd do a Rodney Dangerfield joke, and he goes, "Yeah, that's how tough it is for me." You know, and it was a young audience. You know, they, they, I mean, they knew who Rodney Dangerfield was, but they didn't necessarily know all the jokes. So he's running through as many Rodney Dangerfield jokes as he could think of. And instead of going, no respect at all, he goes, and that's how tough it is for me. And all the comics in the back are laughing their asses off. I'm laughing my ass off because we know he's doing Rodney Dangerfield's material. And he comes off stage, uh, one of these guys that's funny in the office. And he's looking at us, and he looked like somebody hit him with a, took a bucket of sweat, dumped it on him, scooped it back off off the ground, put it back in the bucket, and dumped it on him again. His mouth's wet and dry, and that dry white crap in the corner of his mouth. He's shell shocked, and he, <laughs> and I feel bad laughing at the bass. I mean, this is a long time ago, but I still remember it. And we're in the back laughing our ass off. He goes, uh, "What did you think?" I said, "You know that." And then one of the guy goes. Yeah, it was some good material. At least you didn't. You were smart enough to not to say no respect, no respect at all. And he's like, oh, I, guess I, 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 I didn't know what to do, man. And he's like, so he's like, yeah, we understand what happened to you, but you know, that's there's a difference between being a professional, someone who's been out of the clubs working and writing and working and writing and working and writing and busting their ass, and someone who tells a couple of fart jokes at the water cooler. And the guy goes, I know you guys are really, you guys really. Oh God, I didn't realize how tough it was. He said, Yeah, you know. It is what it is, you know. It's a craft, just like anything else. And sometimes when people say those things, you know, Bill, Bill could do it. Bill could do it. Or when Bill goes, I could do it. I could do it. I would just like them to give it a chance and try it. Which is why I never say when I watch a UFC fight, I could kick that guy's ass. Because I tell you one thing, I ain't crawling in the cage and trying to fight one of those bastards. You're never gonna see me sitting and watching the television going. <laughs> You call that a submission? <laughs> I'd crawl in that cage and kick the crap out of that guy. Because using my same theory here, I would have to go into the cage at 
48 years old and try to whoop the ass of a 27-year-old world-class athlete who makes a living kicking the ass of other world-class athletes, and I ain't doing it, which is why I never say I could do it. And the only reason I said that was, it's like, you know, I, I put that tweet out, and uh, the tweet was, uh, you know, a, a tweet, and, and I, I was surprised at how many people uh, who were comics were, were writing me, uh, like, direct messaging me, LOL, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that, because we've all heard that. Oh, I could do it. Never tell somebody you could do their job. Never do that, ever. Unless they're a politician, you, you can do that job, trust me, because if... When I see some of the people that have been elected recently, some of them are idiots. You could definitely do that job. Trust me, you, you could do that. You know, but, but as far as comedy, your punk asses couldn't do it. And don't even say you could. Yeah, I said it, punks. Segment over. Okay, everybody. I have now, uh, I now receive when I go places, I now get tip face. And I love getting tip face because when you get tip face, it's a good thing. Now, you're probably going, what the hell is tip face? Tip face is a face that you get from the servers or from the people that interact with you that serve your food when they know you're one of the people that tips. Right. I was driving up to this place to get a sandwich and the guy that works there saw me in the mighty Toyota Camry and he saw me get out of the mighty Toyota Camry and he saw that it was me and I could see him look at me and smile. Right? There was no reason for him to look at me and smile other than the fact that I know he knows that I always throw a buck in, in the tip jar. Right. I saw someone else. He smiled at me. Then I saw somebody else walking up there and his smile went back down to because it was going to be one of those dudes that comes in and asks for a lot of crap and then doesn't even throw a damn tip in there. And I know that I now get tip face from that person. And I like when I get tip face. Tip face means you get extra stuff. Now, you may think that's not that big of a deal, but I was at a pizza place one time and I was standing there while the owner of the establishment, who also works in the kitchen, was giving some food to one of the delivery drivers. And the delivery driver goes, hey, I got the, the pizza here. I, got the thing. I need a large orange soda. Okay. And, uh, you know, you're you going to throw in them chips. Right. Because a lot of times when, when they would order, when you order a lot of stuff from them, it, it's not on the menu and it's not a special or anything like that, where if you order a certain amount of pizza or a certain amount of this, they'll throw on some chips. They just do it, you know, because I always get the chips. So I, I get I'm assuming I get tip face from them when I call in because I always tip the guy. But the, but the owner goes, wait a second. Hold it a minute. What was that address again? Five, six, seven, seven, Do they tip you? Oh, no, they don't. Take them chips back out that damn bag. Take them chips back out the bag. I'm getting sick of them, man. They always order them stuff, and they always give my drivers a hard time. I'm sure they gave you a hard time, too. Yeah, they gave me a hard time. All right, I'm like, they ain't getting no damn chips. Take the chips back out the damn bag. Always calling up here wanting stuff, and they're not going to tip the damn drivers. I mean, we got to bring them the food because they ordered it and all of that, but we ain't got to give them no extra chips. Now, this is what he said when I was standing there as a, another customer, uh, and he knew I was a customer, but he didn't mind saying that about somebody else that wasn't there right next to me. Now, if he was that comfortable saying that right next to me, what is he saying about other people when there's no one in the store, when there's no customers overhearing it? What's he saying then? I'm wondering. 
and I'm glad I tip and I'm glad he knows my address and recognize my cell phone number and my home number so they always know it's me. Hi, S, is what I get when I call up. Hi, S. So they say S when they see the number and they, of course, and I can hear the tip face on the phone. Hi, S. I know I get tip face. But I'm telling you right now, I'd hate to be at that people's address if I wasn't there overhearing it. Because I get a feeling he probably would have said something a little different if I wasn't there. Is that what was that address? Five 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 Johnson Street. Really, the ones that don't tip and give us a hard time all the time. Uh, Chuck, remember when I was going to send you home because you have a cold? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Could you hawk up a good loogie right in the middle of that sauce right there for that pizza? Sure, I could. Hawk some loogies on it. Hawk pocket, hawk pocket, hawk pocket, hawk pocket. That's right. How many loogies was that? I didn't count. It was like five or so, right? Yeah. Put a few more on there. That'll teach him. Rub it in there real good. By the time you put the lid back on and take it out, it'll melt it into the cheese. They won't know that there's loogies in this cheese, but we'll know. Those no tipping bastards. Now, I'm just saying right now, that's that's not why I tip. I tip because I, I've worked in nightclubs and stuff like that my entire life, and I know what waitresses make, and I know what people that work in service industries make, and I know they don't make that much money, and I know what's inherent in people uh, in their job that people give them some bread on the tip, t- some tips, damn it, because they need those tips. So if you, have, if you can afford to tip the people, please do. Please do. Especially if the person who's with you you're ordering is alone with your food and this is his, uh, her second trip back. They might not take this, the guy with the cold and have him stand above the pizza box and <laughs> the first time because they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But if you don't tip and that food comes back, you better call up when you call people to say, I'm going to have a big tip for the driver. Because if you don't, there's a chance, there's a possibility that they're going to keep somebody that they would normally send home they're going to keep them there they would normally send their home they would normally send them home but they're going to go no you stay right here i'm sure some people that don't tip are going to call up and want some food and we're going to need your services oh yeah so all i'm saying folks is make sure you tip because you don't want me all over your food i'm just saying segment over well, folks, this has been episode number 245 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, and I want to thank you very, very much for everything. Those of you that are new, thank you for coming along. Those of you that are the original sass bastards, thank you for staying. And sass bastards in the future, thanks for joining the team. Hello to my new ones and my old ones. Now, folks, um, once again, I want to thank you guys very much. Now, just to let you know that early next week, uh, this Tuesday, the 13th, I will be recording with my pod homies, the Mr. BS Show, and I will be on that show. I don't know what the turnaround time is, but I'm going to be on that show with my buddies in the Mile High States recording with them, and I'll be there doing my thing, and they'll do their thing, and we'll do our things together, and I'm going to need your punk asses to go and listen to it because I'm on there, and that's right, damn it. Yeah, you better listen. And I'm going to ask him, did my sass bastards listen? And if they say you didn't listen, I'm coming through this phone and I'm going to drop your punk ass so quick. You won't. I can't beat up that many people. Just listen because there's too many of you for me to beat up. <laughs> Thank you. Much love to every last one of you guys. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that 
all of you cool bastards listen to me on a regular basis, especially since you, you, you have honored me by bringing new people along, and I appreciate that as well. Uh, if you want to contact me, and please don't tell me I know what the email address is. I know a lot of you know what the email address is. This is for people that don't know what the email address is, so I better not see any damn email. We know what the address is. Shut up, punks. This is for the new people. The email address The email address for the show is talktosanthony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-S-Anthony at gmail.com. The uh, Twitter for me specifically is at S. Anthony Thomas. The Twitter for the show is at S. Anthony Says. The Instagram is, surprise, S. Anthony Thomas. Um, you can listen to me on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and all of that crap. And, of course, now I'm on iHeartRadio. But be honest with you, if you can't remember all of the places that I am and decide which one you want to go to, all you really got to do, my friends, all you really got to do is just type in S. Anthony Says into Google and all my crap shows up, okay? Find out which podcast is best for you and listen to my punk ass. More importantly than anything else, if you haven't subscribed, please do. I would like you to be aware of when this crap comes out on a regular basis so you can be one of the first people to hear this crap whenever I release this crap because I feel like crap if you guys don't know when this crap comes out because a lot of you love this crap and I love doing this crap and I want us to spend this time together because when we don't spend the time together, I feel like crap. I'm going for the Guinness Book of World Records. How many times to say the word crap in a podcast and i've got the record <laughs> i'm now not that proud of this record <laughs> much love to every last one of you and like i said I'm, I'm glad that you're here and thank you for everything and as i always say it doesn't matter to me whether you're listening to me when you're on a riding mower if you're listening to me in your car if you're on a treadmill thank you for letting me in your ears in your minds in your hearts thank you thank you thank you and on the count of three i'm gonna say goodbye the way i always say goodbye and i'm gonna need you to say it with me ready yes all right one two three s